Hello and welcome to Martially Motivated. I'm your host, Dan Burrell, with Burrell Martial Arts. On this episode, I sit down with two of my longtime students, Drs. Paolo and Angie Almeida. Um, they are college professors of chemistry at uh, University of North Carolina of Wilmington uh, here in town here. And they are also my two newest black belts that I've promoted uh, back in March, I believe we decided on. Um, we discuss a lot of different things. This is actually the, the longest podcast I've done uh, at a little over two hours. So if you need to break it down into a couple sessions, I understand. But uh, we discuss a lot of stuff, both uh, what got them into it, uh, especially at, uh, I think they were both in the 40s, late 40s when they, they started with me, and what kept them going, their toughest moments, their, their best moments. Uh, we discuss a lot. So I hope you enjoy. We've got Paolo and Angie Almeida here, uh, two of my newest black belts um, in June, was it? Was it? No, no, we haven't got to June. It was uh, April? March? March. March. Yeah. March 14th. That sounds about right. Wow. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> there's no days anymore. The, thir- the 13th was a Friday. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I want to go through... Um, I wanted to start with um, what got you into the martial arts, and I want to build off of that. So what, what first made you even contact me? I think you emailed me first, mm-hmm. and then we sat down and just discussed the plan and went from there. Well, honestly, I've always wanted to do this since I was uh, 17 or 18, because uh, the brother of one of my school friends was doing judo and I thought Mm -hmm. that was really cool and then I just never had time to do it and then the or you always think you never have time to Mm -hmm. do it and um, then here that was in 2012 and uh, we had been going to the rec center and at some point at UNCW and then at some point they closed it down to renovate it and enlarge it and we wanted to do something else and at that time I was in my late 40s and I thought well either we're we going to do this now or I'm going to do this now or never. <laughs> and so then it just somehow seemed to be the right time. And then I, I looked into it and I looked who was doing what. And the reason I contacted you is because I really like your website. That was, I really thought that was well done. Thanks, I, Dave. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> no, it was really, it looked good. And then I liked the, uh, the you were talking about Hapkido and the circular motion and, it sounded very non-aggressive to me, mm-hmm. so I thought that would be it would be worth reaching out and at least talking. And talking doesn't hurt. And um, and so yeah, I, I still remember parking in the wrong parking lot and finding <laughs> you. <laughs> and I think uh, that was everybody at that <laughs> location. Nobody could find that place. I, that, I, those were your first words. <laughs> no one ever finds this no. place. No. Well, even with, because uh, I remember when uh, Jordan first uh, uh, signed up with me, um, and this was actually at a different location. This is when I was with, um, I think I was with Kim, uh, Kim Crisp at Chris mm-hmm. Martial Art. I was teaching at his studio, renting his place out a couple nights a week. And that's when Jordan and Todd contacted me and, uh, separately. They, they didn't know each other at the time. Um but uh, he mentioned he went to UNCW just looking for something to do, always wanted to do martial arts. And he was going to show up on like a Tuesday or something. Never saw him. Whole week goes by, and I'm like, 
great. Another college student that didn't show up. <laughs> but I always follow up. I'm like, didn't see you there. Are you still coming in? Do we need to reschedule? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what happened. Like, I assume I wasn't at your studio the other night. <laughs> like, I went. I'm like, what do you mean you went? He's like, I, I went and I did a trial. And then they talked about contracts and all this stuff that you said you didn't do. And I got confused. Like, where did you go? <laughs> so he had gone to another school uh, that he thought was mine. And like all the stuff we discussed about no contracts and that I had a discount for college students and all this stuff. And he's like, none of that. He's <laughs> like, and then I started training and it's like, it wasn't what I wanted. Like the guy was not cool. Like you sounded cool over the email. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I think he went to the wrong one. So I talked him through it and he finally showed up, loved it. And of course... He ended up getting a black belt with me, but yeah, it, that place was not easy to find. Uh, it's I'm now in the first place out of like the four places I've been. This is the first one that people can actually find. It's not in the best place of town, <laughs> and I got the some strange was landlords. The parking but, lot because you there mm-hmm. was this narrow entrance. You either hit it or you didn't. Yeah, and it's, it's so I just mm-hmm. I don't know whatever. A lot of people drove right on by. Mm-hmm. I even when I because it's it's basically blocks away from my house here Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i could walk there which i walked and ridden bikes and whatever else it's it's easy but uh even when i had the the the, my realtor when i first got that spot he told me where it's at i'm like oh great it's right next to me and then i went to go find it i'm like no it's not (laughs) where's this place at and he took me over there and i'm like i lived here for i don't know how long i never knew this place existed I, yeah, I just, this whole strip mall was yeah. totally... Yeah, I've yeah. seen the, the the one corner shop, because that's all you really see, mm-hmm. and I miss the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. It's... No, I still remember that conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think one of my first questions to you was whether I was too old. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a weird... It's It's... I don't know, it's legitimate because you always, especially here mm. in this country, everybody who does martial arts, they do it as kids. And when you talk to people, they will always tell you, oh yeah, my kid did that or I did that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But no one assumes that you can start this mm-hmm. as an adult. I, I don't think, get that. <laughs> yeah, but it's really interesting. It's, it's interesting because we get into a lot of these conversations with colleagues or friends and and they are it's usually a bit of a conversation stopper because <laughs> they, they've, they've always assumed that you don't do this as an adult so why do you do this i i don't know it's uh it's it's not it doesn't enter people's minds that they can actually do it i think mm-hmm. people are too scared to get hurt i think i think that I don't is know. part it's of it it's just a guess so I, I want to come back to that one because I had a question about that as well. Uh, I grew up in it, and it just it, it made sense to me from day one. But I noticed that with adults and even teens, it's there's uncertainty there, and I'm I'm not quite sure what it is. But uh, Paolo, with with yours, what made you decide? Did she just say you're coming with, or did you go, hey, I want to do that too? No, she she made an appointment then to go back. And then mm-hmm. I came along and I was curious about it. I wasn't, I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about doing it, but then I liked it. And mm-hmm. I, I, I did want to do something because we were stopped for the entire summer 
and um, but I, I had never done it and I had actually never even thought about it seriously but I thought it was a good thing <laughs> <laughs> it's uh when you thought of it and this for both of you before you went in and before you even talked to me someone said martial arts you thought about it what did you think we were doing there like what conjured up in your brain of what people would do in a martial arts studio I, I, I didn't have any any I had some a little bit of knowledge of martial arts and what they are because I mean I when I went to university, a lot of students used to go there. The, the university had a studio, but they did judo and karate. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of my cousins that I grew up with, he did karate. So he was always there with his uniform practicing. <laughs> and uh, so he was often showing me stuff. And I thought it was interesting, but I never thought of doing it um, in a serious way. Mm -hmm. But um, but when Angie went there and then she came back, you know, this is actually interesting. You should come. So I went there. Mm -hmm. I thought of a lot of cool kicks. Mm -hmm. And that was actually one of the reasons, other than that I just thought it would be a neat thing to do, is um, body control. Mm -hmm. So so I thought if I watch people, how people age, and I think in, in that when I, we started, I was, I think, 48, 47 or 48, kind of you start to to realize for the first time that you're not that life is not eternal mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then then the question is so how do you uh, how do people age and i realized a lot of people um have trouble because they fall and because they have no body control and no balance mm -hmm. And I said, so you can, of course, just practice balance and body control without doing martial arts, but mm -hmm. why not do something kind of cool along with it mm -hmm. and learning how to fall. Um, so when I, when I had my low back problems when I was in my early 30s and I had surgery, everybody else who was in that hospital room with me had fallen and broken a bone. Mm -hmm. And it was always a bad fall. And I said, well, that's not going to happen to me if I can avoid it. And, um, but then, I mean, that was more, those are those things that go through your mind as some kind of, uh, justification for something. It, I frankly don't even think about these things anymore. And, um, mm. I still actually think I'm pretty immortal, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you'll think back <laughs> to the day you die. <laughs> <laughs> I just was a moment. Maybe this was just my midlife crisis, but in the meantime, I have come around again and I think I'm immortal after all. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's... It, I, a lot of people don't realize that aspect of it because most people do fall. Most people get hurt badly when they fall. Like when you're a kid, you fall all the time. And unless your parents run when you cry every time, then you just laugh it off. But uh, it, that's where most injuries come from. Even in fights, most injuries happen when you fall to the ground. Yeah. And most people fall to the ground when they get hit that first time and have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. And sometimes willingly, they just drop. Like, oh my God, save me. Turtle position and do nothing because they don't know what to do. But yeah, it's uh, the amount of times I've seen even now friends falling breaking the wrist or popping a shoulder hurting it's their neck instinctive that you stick mm. out your your wrist yep and it shouldn't be it, it is but <laughs> you got to train out of that because that's how you get injured yeah take the take the bruise on the body it, 
it heals faster. <laughs> it can take more punishment. <laughs> still, when you switch off the brain, that's still a hard thing to do. It is. And, it, and, it's, and that's the whole point is to train it so you don't have to think about it. It just happens. So at, now as you're going through at white, orange, yellow, whatever it may be, and you luckily you, you were there when you saw like you know Todd and Dave Jordan higher ranks uh, there going through material. Did you look at anything and go, that's not going to happen? I'm never either never going to get to that point, or I'm never going to be able to do that. <laughs> Almost on a daily basis. I think I said that to you a couple of times. <laughs> Numerous. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to do this. And I remember, I don't know. It's it's. I remember when I started, I could never do a proper forward roll because I just never had to do it. And I just, I, I don't know, I was good at other things, mm. not at rolling. And uh, so when you had us do that, I I remember I said, damn it, I'm going to do this roll. I <laughs> rolled on our bed at home all the time <laughs> until I could finally do it. But then, of course, that's only the beginning. And then these falls, I didn't think that I was going to be able to do the falls and the, I remember the first shoulder throw I thought this is never going to happen and then I never thought actually after a while that we would ever that we would ever test for a black belt but somehow I stopped really caring about this because it's it's really strange how although when when I started I, I that was my goal that wasn't particularly important as we went through it. Mm -hmm. It was, it was more doing it. And Paul and I, I think we, it, that's the cool thing if you do it with someone else because we have ups and downs, but they were usually not at the same time. Mm -hmm. So, so when I was down, Paul said, "No, you can do this. Just do it. Just <laughs> stop thinking." And then vice versa. I think that's how it. Yeah, but there were lots of things that I thought I'd never be able to do talk about the monkey flip <laughs> <laughs> that, that is uh, I even when I was going through it I think I was like a green belt when um, my instructor got out the the metal chair and said okay we're doing jump rolls over the chair I'm like I don't think I can jump over the chair let alone do a proper roll uh, and uh, it's like as long as you try <laughs> like I'm gonna break myself but you're in the middle of class and instructor's telling you what to do. You're like you don't stop and you just do what he tells you to do. And the, the first time I jumped over this thing, uh, I was worried, so I took a huge jump and big flip and then landed flat on my back and just boom. <laughs> and I nearly did a full flip. I like stopped myself with my feet and then fell backwards with it. Um, so I had to learn that it's you don't have to do a full flip to get over. You just got to kind of dive over and use your arms to control yourself. But it's it's daunting. And then that first time you get thrown, you get picked up on somebody's shoulders and flipped over. You fight it the whole way through. And then you do it a few times like, oh, wait, that didn't hurt. Like, it was, was that kind of fun. And you just keep doing it. <laughs> Flying. I actually thought that was actually to me. the And still, I still actually like to be thrown in a, in a shoulder throw. Because there's this moment when you're really upside down, mm -hmm. and I kind of like that. This is the part that Paulo hates. But <laughs> no, I don't, that part I actually don't mind. No, no I really enjoy that. No, I, I and the and the shoulder throw is I, I I'm like one of my favorite ones. I don't have any problem. There, there but there's there are plenty of things that I still 
think are difficult in the I, I think what I am I think you are more willing to kind of surrender and go with the flow than I am it's not that I think I'm not going to make it but unless it's like someone that I absolutely trust that knows what he's doing I tend to assume that they don't know what they're doing <laughs> that's my main issue with it. and then I kind of stiffen up which is worse <laughs> And then he lectures me for half an hour why I didn't do it right. <laughs> that's, of course, a professional hazard. That's normal, though, that everybody, even now, like, I'm not warmed up. So if someone tried to throw me that way, I'm going to be fighting it. Even if I know they know what they're doing, there's a mat there. It's just you know, like, oh, I'm going to get a headache. I'm not ready for this. And But once you get going, I think being warmed up really helps when oh, it comes yeah. to that stuff. Yeah. But yeah. adrenaline does wonders. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is whenever we, at a bell test, when you do it and you say, you well, just do it. And then mm-hmm. everybody's watching you. You're not going to, I don't know, you just do it. And then it's totally easy. Yeah. And uh, I just wish this would, you would be able to summon this as needed, like in a normal practice, but it's just not happening. No, but I think part of it is the warm up on, on the test mm-hmm. you're, you keep going very fast fast and then and then you're always warm mm-hmm. and once i get to that point then i have no problem it's like remember like in the black belt i i wasn't very confident as i told you <laughs> um but like after the first few things i was very confident mm-hmm. because then i i was remembering everything without actually having to think about it and i was warm so i didn't have i wasn't worried about anything yeah so that, that initial part of the black belt exam, uh, it was great because I kind of, I relaxed. And after that, I didn't, I wasn't worried about it. Mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, part of that's the plan mm-hmm. of, uh, I don't really let you stop for too long. Right. Uh, and even if you did, the you've been training, was it 10 years, something like that? Almost. Almost. Yeah. Eight. 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 Eight or nine. Eight. We started in twenty twelve. So, so when you when you do those techniques for that long, uh, they just they're ingrained. You don't have to think, but when you stop and think, that's when you screw it up. Yes. And yeah. so when you do the testing, I just say, do this, do this, do this, go, 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 and here comes the next person. Go. There's no time to stop and second guess yourself. You just it, the technique comes out. Your brain shuts off and. And that's part of getting warmed up is mm-hmm. your, your body's functioning. Your brain doesn't need to. <laughs> yeah. But that brain, that mental uh, obstacle is where most people hold back. Because, you know, like, most people, most adults, n- not kids. Kids are the complete opposite. Adults always come in and say, I don't care much about going through the ranks. I don't care about black belt. I, I, I'll be at white belt for years. It's no big deal. Uh, I just want to enjoy it and learn some stuff. And you know, of course, I never second guess them or say anything, but in, you know, I'm laughing on the inside because it's, it's never going to be that way. You're going to go up and you're going to get bored with white belt material. And it's just a progression. That's just the way it goes. But Yeah, I mean, how often have I told you that I didn't want to go to the next <laughs> test because I just hate the testing situation? Mm-hmm. And yet I totally get it that without it, you would never... It's It's... This thing that you, I still remember, you once explained that that you, you always put the bar a little higher, mm-hmm. so that you have to kind of strain to get there. So that there's, and that 
that is true and that applies to not only to martial arts it's mm-hmm. like but it has to be you you, ha- you have to be realizing that that you can eventually get there but it's you have to be able to you have to strain a little bit otherwise you don't and that's mm-hmm. what the testing does you just it's you know how much I freak out when I have to do a bell <laughs> test. It's like it's, but without it, I don't think I would do it. Do, do you freak out during the testing at all? Is it always just leading up to it? It's just leading yeah. up to it. Well, the, I hate to do the forms. I just hate to. I just <laughs> no. It's not that I hate the forms. I just don't watch me. Just I can <laughs> just put me in a room. <laughs> just assume I did it correctly <laughs> it's funny you'd think that in my job I would be used to doing stuff in front of people and I do and I have no trouble with it but I'm con- it's just when I do it for my job I know that I know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. I'm confident doing it w- whereas with the forms I just know that I'm it's just not very good and if, if it's just I don't know. I this I'll I'll never leave me, but but I'll keep doing it. Yeah, I don't have that problem because I don't see every anyone. Once I'm doing there, I'm just the public doesn't exist. No, I see them staring. <laughs> no, I don't. Touching. I don't even actually. I don't physically look at them. <laughs> I don't. I just I just, no, that just I'm there doing the farm and sometimes I freeze. That's true, but I, it's not like because of the public. This doesn't bother me. No, mm. it's like oh no. No, but that doesn't happen to me in Hapkido. There's something with Hapkido that clicks with my brain. I, I, I love this, and I, it's it's just it's not a conscious thing. I just it I just get it. I mean, that doesn't mean I'm particularly good at it, but it jibes with the way I work. And so, so that is actually to me when I test for Hapkido, I'm totally, I'm totally stoked. Mm-hmm. I, this is fun, and I, I it's like the endorphins are flowing i'm totally happy doing it i yeah. taekwondo i don't think i'll ever get there but that that does <laughs> other things for me that's fine and i and i like to do something that i find hard and that, that there there's some okay this is a forced intermission right here uh paolo tried to break my microphone <laughs> it actually just fell on its own it's a it's in a bad place it just kind of fell down so uh i had to edit out uh, me trying to fix this microphone for a few minutes, but back to your regular scheduled programming. Uh, testings. Um, there was something that you had mentioned because you you mentioned Hapkido was uh, smoother, more natural to you, mm-hmm. and I do find that uh, everyone's a little different, and that's mm-hmm. why there's multiple style styles. Every style is just a little bit different, but with Hapkido. One thing I've noticed is that's pretty consistent. It does not care who you are. The technique's the same. There's mm-hmm. some limitations if you have a, a, like a bad arm or joint or something. you got to adjust something, but most everything can be done. Um, but Taekwondo's not always the same. Uh, most of the color belt ranks are fine that way, but you get in the black belt range and it tells you to do a jump split kick. No, there's some people just... It's not going to happen. But with Hapkido, I've yet to come across a technique um, that is, again, as long as you have your limbs, everything's doable. It's just practice. And to get good at it, you practice. Taekwondo, you can be good at it on the first day and just add to being good at it. Or you can be bad at it and then 
work through it a little bit and eventually be good at it. Um, but there's a demand from Taekwondo that there just isn't there in Hapkido. I can't really pinpoint exactly what it is. And it, it's just a, it's a technique thing. You, you know, there's a difference between punching somebody that if you don't have a big fist and you don't have a lot of size, you're not going to always do a lot of damage unless you're really good at hitting the right spot, which is where the training comes in, but you can't do that early on. Hapkido, if you just do the joint lock the way I tell you, a vast majority of it's going to work pretty quickly on most people, and then over time, you can get it on virtually everybody with enough know-how to make adjustments. Yeah, I, I think that that's clearly true and and taekwondo there's 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 a, a certain degree of physical ability or skill in it which is um being an adult it sometimes gets in the way because you start it's a bit of self-fulfilling prophecy you think you're this is not going to work you're going to lose your balance and well, you're going to lose your balance if you <laughs> go into anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I think kids don't think so much about this. You tell them to do this and they just do it. And I remember doing all I mean, all kinds of idiotic things as a kid and I didn't think twice about them. And But, but as an adult, you don't think like that. And you, you think, oh, this is never, I'm just not going to be able to do it. And that gets in the way. And I, I still think you can you can work on that and get better at it. But while there is some tension and in, in it's a matter you always fight, I'm based this all on my own experience I'm always fighting something so I always lack flexibility although I'm not such a terribly stiff person actually mm -hmm. but but it's because I tense up and then and that is very difficult I, I cannot really switch my brain off and um, but it's more a question of, of stopping to fret too much about this because I'm not going to be an Olympic Taekwondo person. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I actually don't, I don't feel that way at all. <laughs> it's to me, um, I don't see a difference between the two like that. The one thing that I can see in Hapkido, like for example, you want someone to do a monkey flip. Like the people that are never going to do it like that. And it's like, you look at it, it's like, well, this is really complicated. It's, I mean, especially, it's one of those things that's complicated either way, whether you're throwing or you're throwing or being thrown. But if mm -hmm. you're being thrown, you're like, well, I'm not going to land. And a lot of people will not be able to land like that. So Well, you land some way or another. <laughs> yeah, you land somewhere or another, but you may, may regret the way you land. But, but what I'm, what the, the one difference that I can see in between the two and it could be just me, but I think the Hapkido is more of a whole body work. So even if your leg doesn't get up too high, you can still do most things because you compensate with some other way in your body. Whereas Taekwondo, there's some techniques that are very localized to a particular limb. And if that limb is not doing it properly, the whole thing doesn't work. Like a proper kick, the mm -hmm. leg needs to do its job, and you can't compensate. Like, like with hapkido, like for example, my right shoulder is bad. 
and I kind of adapt to not using it as much and I can roll mm. in a normal roll that normal most people will do on the right and I can do it on the left. There's more because the whole body is involved in this roll. Yeah, it, to an extent, um, it, it kind of depends on how you view Taekwondo because the when I first started Taekwondo, it was very different than what I'm teaching right now. It was very kick-heavy. And it was more the fancier, flashier jump spin kicks. And it was very tournament-oriented, uh, sparring-oriented. Um, and there wasn't much emphasis on the, the forms or punching. Like, mm-hmm. most of the terms we went to, you couldn't punch to the head. And punch into the body was, like, one point. Everything else, like, anything with a kick was almost guaranteed two or three points. Uh, so, it was a very different style of Taekwondo. And... That's what I competed with for the most part, and that's what I... Uh, I didn't get my black belt with that version. I got my black belt through um, the the WTF style, which was, again, sparring and kicking-oriented and very limited punches, like the, the Taekwondo Olympic style, which is what the WTF, or now WF, I think, WT. Um, they um, That one is heavy with the kicks, and punching almost does nothing. You have to use it just to set up. I don't know if it... I think technically you can score a point with it, but you got to drop the person. You got to hit hard, and to hit that hard through that hogu, the the, mm-hmm. the chest gear, is incredibly difficult. You got to have a punch as strong as a kick. And most people in Taekwondo, that style of Taekwondo, they they don't do it. So in that mindset, you need your legs. You need to be able to kick. You need to be able to kick high because mm-hmm. most tournaments kicking below the waist is illegal. So if you can't do that in that style of Taekwondo, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's also why I changed it, and I went back to kind of the original. Um, and with uh, the, the the ITF style and the way I do it, I, even with that, I don't do it as traditional as some people. There's still like the self-defense techniques or ones I came up with. Um, some of the stuff is my stuff, but um, most of it is based off of the original, which is more footwork and hand-based blocking punching um and again not until the black belt range that you see a lot of those big kicks we'll practice the the, the other ones just like we did in hapkido but i just don't demand much out of those so to me if you can't kick high that's fine punch them if your arms don't work kick them if neither work i don't know what you're doing but uh headbutt maybe i don't know but uh <laughs> yeah. to me there's still an option there it's mm-hmm. like there's hapkido but i get what you're saying hapkido just has it has more of an arsenal than taekwondo taekwondo is pretty heavy in the, the kicking and striking mm-hmm. and very light with the grappling whereas hapkido is very heavy with the grappling but still can hold their own with some kicks and strikes so there, there's always a it has more to do with the practitioner, in my opinion, as far as what you feel. Mm-hmm. It The doors are there to be opened if you want them. It's just that right. some people don't need to open some of those doors until mm-hmm. much later when they go, okay, now what next? Yeah. No, I also feel a lot more comfortable, and I, I really like Hapkido. Right? Mm-hmm. It's, well, it, it's, Taekwondo, is, it's a, a challenge for me because I appro- approach everything with my mind. That's kind of how I work. That's the problem. <laughs> I know. I know. You told me this like ten thousand times. So, so if I realize that that I'm reasonably flexible, but I don't get my leg higher than than hip height, I want to know why. Mm-hmm. I and it, I still I spend way too much of my day thinking about this problem. <laughs> but, but it's a 
it's interesting to me. It really that part is really interesting, mm. and the, and that is you had taught me something that that I'll always actually really cherish, and that is, you may not you may start out doing something that that you're not good at, but with practice you're gonna get better at it. Mm. You may still not like be super good at this but if you practice you're going to get better mm -hmm. and that if you do something long enough that that i think is a very good lesson and and because if you realize this it doesn't there are some people that are very gifted athletically i'm mm -hmm. not and that's okay as long as i don't want to compete in the olympics i guess i'm not <laughs> <laughs> this is odd now but um yeah you just do it you just have to be consistent and that's a bit the issue you have to kind of figure out what you need to train and then do it consistently and that is a bit my problem because i i think i know what the problem is and then i do that and that doesn't fix it within a week and then hey well <laughs> i'm gonna do something else and that's not consistent so i it's... that's what i need to fix the, the tough thing, because I'm actually much the same when it comes to diagnosing things. That's why I got into personal training the way I did with the, um, the correctional exercises. I, mm -hmm. I really enjoyed diagnosing these things and trying to fix them. And it's really difficult. Even in Taekwondo, Hapkido, I've done it long enough that most stuff I can spot and go, okay, that's why. Right there, it's, your big toe isn't turned the right way. And it, you may look at it and go, what's that got to do with my punch? And like everything, like, it starts with your feet. So if your toe's out of place, your foot's out of place, your knee's out of place, your hip's out of place, and it just goes on down the line. But um, there are some things, like we, we've talked about that with uh, the, the balance and the hip. Mm -hmm. um, and to me, there's a couple things with this. One, I think there needs to be a separation of thinking about it at a time you're not trying to train it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. keep training the physical and then take time off and go think about it while you're maybe doing something else just to get the training in whatever it may be uh, mm -hmm. to me that's how you kind of diagnose it think it through and then go back and try it again the next day uh, otherwise you just beat your head against the wall trying to think it think it think it and then try it once to me try it 700 times and then rethink it because you're going to learn a lot more from those 700 times of failure than one time of failure that you spend seven hours trying to think of why that one thing failed and then going on to the next yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> and also thinking about something as you're doing it, it messes up both. Mm -hmm. It's like that's, and I know that, and yet it's, I find it the hardest thing to switch my brain off. Mm -hmm. But but I so for me it's I I want to keep doing it because I like getting better at things mm -hmm. and uh, I get a big kick out of being able to get my leg just a little higher. I was like, hey, it's better than it was the week before. But but yeah, but but Hapkido comes to me naturally and Taekwondo doesn't. Mm -hmm. so. You know, there, there's always that end result of what is it on my, what am I trying to get to? And for at least what I do, a lot of students, it's for self-defense. Um, at least that's part of it. Um, but there's, excuse me, uh, there's always that discussion, especially when I talk to somebody that just does like MMA or sport or jujitsu or whatever it is, which they're all great. I love them all. That they, they all have a reason for them. But usually those people that, you know, tell me, oh, traditional, that that doesn't work or whatever it may be. And, you know, as, as long as I have enough time to talk to them, I can usually get them to understand uh, at least a little bit that it's, one, it's not necessarily about that. It's like you said, 
it's about improving. Everybody can train in anything to improve. At the very least, you're going to improve on better falls or better coordination, better balance. If you take um, any of the, the top Olympics or sport fighters, whatever competitors are out there in any field, really, baseball, football, doesn't matter, look at the best ones. Were they the people that weren't physically talented or were they the people that were naturally talented? I'm sorry, but they were naturally talented to begin with. They just worked really hard to make it even better because everyone at that level is naturally talented. It's rare you see somebody that doesn't have that physical talent that just simply trained into being great. It's possible, but you got to sacrifice your whole life to do that, and you see it sometimes, but those people tend to be bright for a week or two, and then it starts to die off because you just can't maintain that. So to me, it's not about being able to do this or do that and have this goal, that goal, it's about working your way there. If Even if you don't reach the goal of being a national champion or a world champion, as long as you trained for it and tried, you learned a lot from that and grew as a person and gained a ton from it, everything that the person that won got from it, except for maybe that belt or that day of recognition, because three days later people forget all of that stuff so it, it doesn't really matter <laughs> and that, that's just the way it is it's it, it, you're born with a certain set of skills and you use fine like you said for you you like thinking about it and diagnosing fine do it just make sure you know when to do it uh doing it all the time in place of uh trying to practice because I've seen you just stand there and look at it and go, how do I do this? I'm like, do it. Just freaking do it. Let me think <laughs> I don't care if you break your toe in the process. Do it. You'll learn from it. Yeah. I've learned nine times already. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. But then, yeah, but the other thing that I also, I, I found fascinating in, in, in Hapkido is that, um, is this idea that you can actually not be very strong and you can still do a lot because of the way you use the other mm -hmm. your opponent's momentum and and uh, things like that mm -hmm. um and so that i saw i thought it was fascinating yeah. that, that's and a good selling point though but it's really hard to do <laughs> no. well, come on if you're on the ground and you fight with someone who's stronger that's yeah well hard. you shouldn't be on the ground to start with. <laughs> not with Todd <laughs> <laughs> that, that's and Hapkido is known for that to that size it's not that size and strength don't matter it's that it's not the end result it's not the only thing that matters it's it can help I when I was this height and 125 pounds and 16, I got dropped by everybody in class, but I kept bouncing back. There's There was always something that I was better at to get in there and keep going. For me, I was better at the kicking, striking, and moving because I was faster because I was 125 pounds. <laughs> and then I hit the weight room and went up to about 160, 170, 180, I think I'm like 190 now. But I like it because when I make a mistake, it's okay because I have the strength to overcome it and get back to the technique. Some people don't have that option, and that's fine, but like I've mentioned to you, and I've mentioned to a lot of students, because you know, think about how many students I've had that are in the same boat of they're not the most gifted people in the world physically, but 
they have determination, willpower, they work ethic, all that stuff, the, the mental capabilities that they have um, that overcome a lot of that stuff. And they keep training, so their technique is going to be better than the person that is, you know, 300 pounds of muscle because they didn't need that technique. They needed the strength. They rely on the strength. So what's going to happen when that 300 pounder goes against a 400 pounder full of muscle? It, they're going to lose because they didn't have the technique. Yeah, there's still a lot of head involved in mm -hmm. all this. This is my issue is usually when I fight with someone on the ground, especially who's stronger, which is essentially everybody. Um, that I that I go in there saying, ah, that's not gonna work. So I get let myself. I know I know it in hindsight. I let myself get into that position that I shouldn't be in to begin with. I just don't. I'm not fast enough. So this thing that 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 the the lighter person has to compensate usually with technique and speed. Mm -hmm. That's something that occurs to me after I'm <laughs> lost. But it's true. That's it. I just don't like sit there. Okay, this is not going to work. Boom. There I am again. It's just like, woohoo. <laughs> and it's like, this is something I, I would like to work on because it's more a mental thing mm -hmm. that one has to kind of, yeah. 100% a mental like, thing. That, that's yeah. all it is. It's w w it, my advice when it comes to this, because I've had to do the same thing. Um, I, I had this issue when I went against tall people which throughout, uh, I, I attempted to get uh, nationals, I think two or three times. And it was only the third time when I moved here and flew back for nationals is the one time I got it. The first one, two times, whatever, I, I con competed like all year to try and get points to go to the nationals and do this and do that. Uh, I kept coming across guys that are six, even seven foot tall. And I'm like, I can't do half the stuff I wanna do and if I take one step in, I've been hit. And I'm always within their range and never within mine. It was frustrating. Mm -hmm. And so I took, um, luckily, uh, we had a guy that, uh, at the time, I think he was only maybe green, purple belt, somewhere around there, uh, middle ranks. Um, but he was, I think, 6'11". And uh, he was actually my shop teacher in like junior high. But super nice guy, super tall. And I'm like, you willing to stick after class and just spar for like an hour. So like every day he came to class, which was most of them, we just stayed for another hour and sparred until I can figure out how to get around his height. Because even though he, I was like, a, I think I was a third degree at that time. That because I had gone, yeah, you know, I was a third degree. So I had gone back into Taekwondo after third degree. Um, and so I was a third degree. He was, say, purple. And he was scoring points on me. And it was frustrating. And it was just because he was taller and I could not figure it out. So it was just mentally I couldn't get around it. And finally I just said, I'm just going to spar this guy so many times that I can mentally figure out how to do this. Because it was not a physical thing. I had better technique. I was faster. I was stronger. Everything. He just used his height. And I couldn't figure out how to get around that. Even though I knew getting close, I couldn't seem to do it. But after... I don't know, like a month of constantly another hour every night of just punching each other stupid. Uh, I finally, towards the end, I started landing punches and kicks. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring this out. And then you go to the next guy and you do the same thing. Get the next tallest guy, work with him. And uh, eventually, during that run, I didn't have any issues with the tall people. So what was the issue? 
you know, at the time, everyone was a little different, but I just couldn't get in. And so I kept trying to, and this is what I've taught you guys, you've probably heard me say this, don't just go in and punch and kick. Begin your combination on the outside and keep moving forward with kicks and strikes until you land the punch. And that's what I kept forgetting to do. I kept trying to jump in. Every time I jump in, they just react and punch you or kick you, whatever they wanted to do. Because I have to do twice as much movement to get in to hit them as they do. So they don't need a whole lot of reaction time. They just need the space to, to hit it. And so when I started doing something before I moved in, that took them off guard to where they thought they had to block. Mm-hmm. And boom, I got in and started striking. So ever since then, even though I still get plagued by uh, Joe, <laughs> other tall people that uh, Brent, uh, these guys are all six something, six four ish, and they, they can hit me so much easier than I can hit them. But uh, the more I spar those people, the more I figure it out. And it is definitely just a mental thing. I don't get better on the fourth time I spar these people. I just, I learn how they move. And I don't think I ever learn. Uh, you got to. <laughs> but it's like, have you, so, so sparring these tall people, like mm. I, I remember, well, sparring Joe is fun. <laughs> I mean, for Joe, I guess. <laughs> but, so I, I noticed that, that the, 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 the way you deal with these tall people or one way of dealing with them is you jam them up because then they mm-hmm. cannot land their kicks. But the problem is then they just hit me on the head <laughs> and I sit there, I realize I go in and I forget to get back out and I sit there and I'm being, this is so stupid. Mm-hmm. But this is like, sparring on the black belt test with Todd was to me really, very instructional mm-hmm. because I, this was, the, I still can, this was really interesting mm-hmm. because Todd just, Keep, kept slapping me, <laughs> and my, my helmet flew off at some point. <laughs> Yet I could have punched him. Yep. Because he was right. I mean, I still see him. He was right there, wide open. like this, wide open. <laughs> and like, why did I worry about his stupid punches? He was gonna punch me anyway, whether I would try to defend or not. Mm-hmm. I could have just. I see it. I saw. It. I see it still in my mind. Yet, I wasn't mentally there that I that I would use it, and mm-hmm. that was like. And you, when it comes to those things, you have to remember it before you start and just have that one thing that you work on. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that's where people get caught up is they go in and they just spar. And they forget to actually try and work on something. So the next time you go in and spar and go, I'm going to ignore every time somebody hits me and I'm just going to hit them right back. Even if I get 10 times, I'm going to move forward and hit them. Just have one objective every time you spar somebody and accomplish that objective before you ever move on. Mm-hmm. If you do that, you will always get better with your sparring. Yeah, yeah, that's really something going back. If we get back to when we get back to <laughs> sparring, that's something I would like to practice. Mm-hmm. Really, it's uh, and and that's it's interesting because I don't like to get hit. I really do not like to get hit. <laughs> no, but that thing with Paul, I mean, it was actually the other day, just only the other day that I we were having lunch or something, and I actually told Angie, you know, there's one thing that I think I did wrong in that black belt test. Is that Todd was wide open? Why didn't I just yeah. kick him in, in the belly? <laughs> because, but his punches, but, he, he, he doesn't even need to punch. He slaps with so much force that it's just like, oh wow, I've never been slapped like this. This is really like, like I, have to, I have to think about this for a moment now. Wow, that was a slap. Yeah, but I, I, still, I don't know why I didn't kick him. Yeah, it's just. I really he, don't know. It's just like maybe because it's Todd and I like. Uh, there's a lot of reasons behind that, but uh, one, I knew that was going to happen before 
anything because if you remember, you may knock the memory out of you, but the uh, I told everybody go somewhat soft this first time, use it as a warm up. I knew Todd wasn't going to go in there more. <laughs> <laughs> and so when everyone was coming through, it was you were kind of staying soft. I'm thinking you got to have to step it up here before Todd gets in. <laughs> and the whole point is get warmed up for Todd, not warm up with Todd. <laughs> And I think that was the mindset is that when he came in and just started bear claw on your face, it, it was uh, uh, like, oh, crap, I got to start doing something. And by then it, it was over and just move yes. on and do the same thing. Yes. But it can also be intimidating when you, when you take a hard hit, which he was hitting hard to your head. Uh, it, it frazzles you. And mm-hmm. your one, your eyesight goes a little bit. You, you can't just stay focused during that you just have to know to throw those punches and that that's also why I, I do those testings the way I do is I want you to get hit I want you to feel what it's like to yes. have your wits kind of knocked out of you and just react and even if you don't react that day to remember that day because it, it happened to me when I was a kid I, it was before I even trained I got hit four times in the face before I realized I was in a fight and it was just like wait a minute what the hell's going on here? And ever since then, I'm like, okay, I, I, I know I can take a punch. I didn't even blink during those four. It, it didn't hurt that bad. It was afterwards when I had two black eyes. That was embarrassing. But beyond that, it really did not hurt. And I just did not know what to do. And I didn't know I was in a fight until it was basically over. And so I want to make sure when I have students go through this mm-hmm. that they feel like they're in a fight when they go through our testing and that's why I like when Todd goes in there and kind of breaks the rules a little bit I expect him to we talk about this in advance I tell him go in there and shake him up a bit and uh, I do that with any of the black belts really that show up to spar I say you got to go test them push them Um, you know knock their brain around a little bit so they don't think too hard that was really instructional to me because they are really that was the one piece in the black belt test that i also thought that 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 was not but it was like having like a big bee fly around (laughs) your face and you're so distracted by kind of getting rid of it Mm -hmm. that you forget everything else yeah and that was that was really interesting yeah yeah my my helmet also (laughs) in fact it it kind of dislocated my neck I had to go to the chiropractor after that. She was like, oh, yeah, this vertebra is way out. <laughs> I think he was trying to fix it. Exactly. <laughs> it just didn't work so well. Just, you should have let him slap you the other, the other way. way. <laughs> yeah. You're right there. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it was like... Oh, that was interesting. Yeah, but I, I was like, like a couple of... Not, I think it was this week or last week that I was telling Angie that, you know, there's one thing that I remember that I really did not do well. was <laughs> Why did I not kick? Yeah. Mm-hmm. you'll see that in my mental eyes have that <laughs> image there and you'll see it on the video I gave you too I put that video of the whole testing on there so you can see it from that one camera view that's closest uh, yeah. you can see all that stuff I'm so. not going to show that one <laughs> <laughs> I was going to edit a little bit and throw it on uh, Facebook but uh, I just never got around the whole pandemic came about and I had other stuff that was more important to do but uh, it's on there but uh you know, my, my first black belt testing was for Hapkido. I started in Taekwondo, and then once I was allowed in Hapkido, I just left Taekwondo behind, went right into Hapkido, and then third degree, I went back. But uh, that first degree testing, 
was the worst performance I've ever had. And it was always an embarrassment to me. Like, I never felt like I deserved that black belt. And uh, the, because basically I got the crap kicked out of me uh, throughout most of testing. Because when I went there, our testings were done in a different place. Like, so when I went to my first degree testing, I knew nobody there that I was testing with. Never met them before. Maybe I saw a couple of them, but like my instructor and uh, the other instructors that I knew that I trained with, they were on the judging panel or they were doing like floor judging, whatever it may be. They were not training or testing with me. So everybody there that I had to work with, I had never worked with before. So think of going through your Hapkido program and your material at testing with somebody you've never worked with before that's twice your size. Because again, I was like 17, I think. And this height, but I, you know, 5'10", 125. I was tiny. And uh, everything I went to go do, the guy just stared at me. I'm like, God <laughs> damn it, why is he not moving? Why is this not working? So throughout the testing, I had to adjust. And I, instead of a fake kick to the shin, I'd kick him really hard and then he'd move. And so I, I learned through the testing. That's what I learned the most is that I learned at testing. And that testing wasn't really just a testing. It was also a training experience. And because through the whole testing, if, if you were to look at my testing, I, I don't know if it was ever recorded or not. I'm sure somebody, but I don't know who. Um, I'm guessing if I look back and I showed it to you, you'd go, oh my God, that's white belt material. He's terrible. <laughs> Why did they ever pass in a black belt? And I even missed my one board break, um, which I found out the night before I was doing board breaks. <laughs> I'm like, I've never done a board break before. <laughs> but uh, it was just one miserable experience after the other. But I just kept going. Every time I got dropped to the ground, I got back up. I did whatever they said. It was terrible. I was embarrassed. I went, my God, I'm not going to pass this. And then I passed. What the hell? Like I am the worst black belt on the planet. But because of that, I went and trained harder. Because <laughs> he just, I, I try and do that. And that's why I do the testings the way I do. One, I want to test you and see what's going to happen when your brain's not working anymore because you're exhausted. Uh, most of the real testing is actually right at the end when I say, okay, one last thing. And you know, spar one more time. Or show me this, or do this, do that, whatever it may be. That's usually what I'm really looking for uh, and what I'm actually judging. Um, the rest, yeah, throughout like some of the earlier stuff, just to make sure you get your technique and stuff. But as far as sparring, uh, that's the stuff. But um, but it's also, it's it's another class. It's not just testing, it's also a class. And you gotta learn something when you go to class. And so you learn something. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. No, that was really, I, I, that was effective. It's, it's interesting because usually when we spar in class, we're pretty nice to each other. That usually doesn't happen like that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it should occasionally because you it's you kind of need to be shaken out of that complacency. Mm -hmm. I prefer to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Did I mention that I don't like to be hit? <laughs> it, it's, it's tough because even when when you're training with people for so long, and I say okay, go heavy, you don't do it, and it's not because you don't want to. You, you're you're trying to do it. It's just your body won't let you because this is your friend now. And you're going, well, I'm going to hold back a little bit. Like your body's saying that. Your brain's not, but your body's saying that. 
And that's why I encourage people to go to tournaments and go to every testing because it's different at tournaments, it's different at testing because you're going to get, you're going to deal with different things. At testing, you're going to maybe go against a Taekwondo student if you're Hapkido, which you nor normally want to get a chance to, or vice versa. At a tournament, hopefully you're going against people you've never met and they're, they don't care about you. They, they want no, that tournament. Should. They they want that uh, trophy, <laughs> and so they're gonna hit you harder. They're gonna test. You. That's why most people do worse at testings and tournaments than they do in class. Class is comfortable, and it to an extent it should be at the same time. I'm always trying to make you uncomfortable some way without it being just ridiculous and too obvious. Because if it's obvious, then it's not gonna work. But at testing. I purposely don't tell you that Todd's going to hit you full force right after I said, <laughs> go light. <laughs> it was kind of obvious. <laughs> well, it's also because if you were to do, I mean, if you hit harder, there's more chances of injury and you can't afford like people being injured all the time in class. Mm -hmm. Well, after a week, you don't have anybody. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem too, is if you're always going full force yeah. from day one, there's not going to be anybody left and... The whole point of trying to defend the body goes out the window because you're beating up your body. And why? I've, I've never really understood that part of it. We're not, for me, I guess, I'm not trying to be a killer. Uh, and I'm not trying to produce killers and warriors. I'm, I'm trying to produce someone that is better today than they were yesterday. And they can hold their own if something happens in the street. That That's what I'm trying to accomplish. And uh, if... Uh, as long as I get that, I'm, I'm happy. And uh, I want them to understand the art and the, the technique behind it. Um, beyond that, it's really their, their choice, what they want out of it, as long as people communicate that to me. But yeah, it's uh, to, to beat yourself down in order to build yourself up. It, it, sometimes that makes sense to an extent, but n not when you're beating yourself down every day and putting cracks in your shin to make them harder and I, I, that never made sense to me no, it's a good recipe for bone cancer but, mm -hmm, exactly. but there's there's also that may work for a certain fraction of people but there's another fraction that you lose if you only select for those mm -hmm. and uh, I think if you look at the variety of people that have trained with you I think that's a pretty broad selection of humankind and mm -hmm. i think that's actually great mm -hmm. i believe that that part i like there's something in tournaments which is uh, well it's in i've enjoyed the two tournaments that we've done i actually enjoyed them way more than i thought i would mm -hmm. um but there is a bit of a group f thing in there mm -hmm. and it gets a little aggressive i mean that's that that's part of the whole thing. And um, once I'm in there, I'm, f I'm uh, totally fine with it. I get into the, that mindset and I'm, I'm there. Mm. Um, the problem is, of course, that the t tournaments that we were competing in, they were small. And so everybody's <laughs> like 30 years younger <laughs> and they move so much fast. <laughs> so, it's like, damn. <laughs> but um, it's... It's uh, when we spar in the school, there's no aggression. It's more, it's technique. Mm -hmm. And in tournaments, it's, oh, I really want to mm -hmm. beat the crap out of that person. <laughs> yep. And that is, that, that's a part that <laughs> I just, 
don't like. Although I, <laughs> I, I, I think that's probably my two X chromosomes speaking. But it's, I just don't seek it out. When you put me there, you force me to be there. I deal with it and I get into the mindset by thinking of it that, I don't know, I just, mm, and I, I wish I didn't have that. I wish I would be more like going in there, but that I find that very hard. It's tough, it, you know, whenever I, I spar or when I went to a tournament, I really enjoyed the art of it. So if somebody, uh, in testing too, actually, I, I remember uh, my first, second degree, I think, in Taekwondo. Um, I had sparred my instructor, which I never sparred him at a tournament before or at a testing before. Uh, I think he was going for a sixth degree, actually, at that time when I was testing for my second degree. And then... Uh, Todd Hingler, I think was his name, who was, I think, a fourth or fifth degree at the time, but he was on the judges panel, but I had trained with him in like seminars and whatnot, saw him at tournaments, he, he, great martial artist, and uh, so I sparred against my instructor first, and the first, I'd say 15 seconds went well until like 16 seconds started <laughs> hitting me, <laughs> and then it was like save yourself type of moment, and there's just a you know, again, a tall guy. I think he's like six two, six three, six four, and you know, I I know what the bottom of his foot looks like. That's all I can tell. <laughs> so I, I survived that one. Then Todd came out, uh, and it, for I was that was like my third match, I think third or fourth match, and it was I was pretty wore out, but enough energy that when we started, he was very much a technician, which. I feel I, I love the technique of it, so I try and make really good technique and not just aggressive movements. And he was that same way. And normally those matches are maybe 30 seconds. It felt like I was out there for 10 minutes. And we're just going back and forth, and we're countering each other, jumping when one's sweeping and sweeping while the other's jumping, hook kicks that were connecting that we both had the same decision, and our legs interlocked, and it was just... It felt amazing, and then my energy wore out, and I started taking hits, and that's when they, they called it. But uh, even my, uh, you know, Master Brooks, at, uh, the, he was the, the president, uh, the big guy, uh, we all went out to eat, uh, the instructors and the black belts, and I was sitting at his table, and he, he doesn't give a lot of compliments, but he's like, after he sat down and looked up at me, and he gave me actually two compliments, one was at me, the other one was actually to my instructor, but the first one was I was supposed to go in there and kind of knock one of this other kid around that uh, he was at another school and he was the, the big fish in a little pond and thought his shit didn't stink. <laughs> and so Master Brooks called me up and he's like, I need you to hurt him. Like, <laughs> if he falls to the ground or bleeds a little bit, I'm going to be looking the other way. You know, that type of a thing. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, crap. And so that was our, my first match. And I was going to, I his parents were there. And this was like a 16-year-old kid. I was probably 20 at the time. and But he was a, a bigger kid. He was about my height and same size, but uh, pretty cocky. And I started fairly easy, and he, like, shoulder-checked me, which is not a technique at all. And that always upsets me when someone just pushes you or something that's it's not technique you're supposed to be showing yeah, your technique yeah. and i i he did that i was doing like a turn kick and he i fell to the ground with it and i'm like god damn it and so i got up and 
uh, held my composure because every time I got up, I saw his parents in the front row. Like, <sighs> so I just sunk a couple into his uh, stomach, and then I popped his head and like tapped him in the forehead to let him know, "Hey, your hands are down." And I did that a few times, and you can see his eyes like open up, and he started pulling back a little bit, like, "Oh crap, I, I shouldn't." do that or I need to keep my hands up I need to go on the defense if I've never done this before like you can see him shitting himself with pants right there like oh my god what is going on right now and I luckily did it without having to hurt him or make him bleed or I, he may have fallen once but uh, so Master Brooks at, after testing we're at the table he's like that was extremely classy I really enjoyed watching that and you did it your way and I'm like damn like, I've never gotten a compliment from him before. Usually his compliment is not saying anything and not hitting you on the top of the head when he did something wrong. So he did that, and then as we were eating, he they were talking about the sparring matches, and he, I just overheard him talking to my instructor uh, about me and uh, Hingler sparring. It's like, i got to watch that all day. Like, that was my favorite part of testing. And I'm like, damn, I got two compliments in one day. And, like, it's kind of last years that <laughs> never had a compliment. But... Yeah, it's uh, everyone. Some I think people are aggressive when they don't have the technique, and they prefer the technique when they have the technique. Because to me, the technique is poetic. It, it, it's beautiful when you see somebody throw a good technique. You're like, wow. But when you see someone aggressive, that just kind of bulls them over and pushes them and like pounds on their head or something, you go, well, that's just a jerk. And so I've never liked the aggressive side of it. I. I'll do it. I've had it happen. Like if they go after me at tournaments, I've had that before where I start with the technician side and then they, you know, throw a punch to your nose and with some force, you're like, dude, this is a point sparring match. And okay. So I, I can switch it on. I have the ability to switch it on that way. I just, I prefer not to. It's, it's not fun. Uh, but when the heart rate goes and that that burning fire, you start going nuts with it. But to me, that doesn't throw my technique out. I just get better at the technique and maybe I hit harder. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just a... It's a, it's a difference between <clears throat> seeking it out or reacting to it. And I... I I don't seek it out and at the tournament you don't really have a choice I mean you mm -hmm. kind of react to whatever is there um, but the, it's it, this is actually to me still one of those things because I enjoyed the, the two times I went there but I'm not sure whether I want to put myself through that voluntarily but then I do know that if you do it you do there's something you do learn and mm -hmm. even if it's that we are actually a group and that's kind of nice too mm -hmm. <laughs> if you go there as a group i think that was actually <laughs> great um but i yeah i don't know it, it's tough it, it, tournaments aren't for everybody but they are for like everybody should go once or twice I mean, you've heard me say that before i want to see everybody go taekwondo hapkido gumdo it doesn't matter i want to see everyone go two times before they get their black belt I don't demand it anymore these days just because we don't have as many to go to. I, we go to one. Uh, I go to Brent's tournament, tournament every year. Um, but And I like if people go. We just we just don't have as many students right now. But um, 
it's so important to me because I learned so much from going to tournaments and it, it changed me as a martial artist to go to those tournaments. Uh, and I was really nervous most of the time until I got in there. It was like nothing else existed. I was just having fun. But, you know, compare that to like, I've had this discussion with my older brother who never competed. He judged at tournaments and he would train people for tournaments um, he knows the rules. He understands the principles of it. But we've had these arguments with uh, each other. Like I tell him, you don't really know what's happening. You you're never gonna fully understand until you go in there and compete. I'm always trying to get him to compete, and he just refuses to do it. That's interesting. And he's like, no, no, I, I know the combinations. I know the rules. I'm like, that no, that that's the base understanding. It's like saying, I know how to run a marathon. I don't need to do it. <laughs> There's two different things going on there. You may know that you're going to get exhausted. And your, knees, your knees are going to hurt. This is going to hurt. It's going to be tough. But until you actually do it, you don't understand it. And then when you complete a marathon, you go, oh, my God, that was amazing. I hurt everywhere, but I am so glad I did that. And you can't fully understand something until you actually do it. And that's why I really tell students, you got to go out and compete. Even if you feel you're the worst person in the gym at any level, I don't care. You're going to learn so much about that one time you compete. That you're really the worst person. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, but now you know. (laughs) The more you know, the more powerful you are. (laughs) I don't know. That's the way it goes. Got to keep trying new things, and that's... It's tough as you get older because, I, I don't know, you guys actually did it, but I feel like a lot of people after they become, I don't know, 16, uh, there's this sense of, I have something on the line if I go. Like, I'm potentially sacrificing something. I could hurt myself. I could do this. I could do that. It could be embarrassing. Whatever it may be. Uh, there's something in their mind that's on the line if, as an adult, they either compete or just go into martial arts at all. I, I see that when I talk to people. And it's there's a wall that instantly gets put up. And I'm not sure what it is because I started when I was young. I, I think the injury has something to do with it. Because it's... Uh... Like, I have to be physically be able to talk and mm-hmm. stand. Well, I know I could sit, <laughs> but I have to be able to talk. And um, there's, there, there is this thing that I'm being paid to do this, and I want to do it well, and I cannot do something in my private life that jeopardizes that, mm-hmm. l- like in a kind of throwaway kind of way. Um but I, I, the, the funny thing is, you don't actually get hurt a lot. Mm-mm. I mean, this is actually one of our colleagues said this recently. Said, "Oh, you guy, you guys must be getting better. You don't <laughs> get hurt <laughs> anymore." Because <laughs> it's in the beginning. I once twisted my knee, or or I don't know, whatever. We, mm-hmm. I was limping a lot the first year, and I haven't been limping for years now. I just mm-hmm. don't get hurt. You just do learn how yeah. to fall, I guess. And you, your joints get stronger. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't twisted my ankle in forever. Um, but uh, 
I think it's actually so that's in my mind, but mm-hmm. not. But I think what keeps more most people out of it is more. They just feel it's. It's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, for women my age, it's it's it's. Um, I think a lot of people think it's not very appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I never, I guess, thought like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think part of that is true. It's, it's a certain... There's a certain thing that you're supposed to do as you go through life and you do them at a certain age and then, okay, been there, done that, and you move on to something else. I think that's it. And uh, so I, I think that's that's kind of is what it is. I mean, we started exercising a lot quite late, uh, but uh, most people are athletes when they're in in high school and at, at, uh, in college, and then as as they get older, they okay. Yeah, now it's time to. I'm more kind of old and now I sit. Mm. And this is kind of the mentality. <laughs> That's how you die. <laughs> well, yeah, it's true. I mean, we have this conversation it's a lot. True. Like, we, a lot of our colleagues have kids in some martial arts. And, and we said, like, you can do this. Mm-hmm. And this is there's always, like, this moment of silence. This has actually never occurred to them. Yeah, like, what are you talking about? It's <laughs> like, you suggest something illegal or something. <laughs> and it's, I don't know, no, I could never do it. And I said, no, you don't understand. You can do it. It's mm-hmm. if I can do it, anybody can do it. And then they said, yeah, no, this is impossible. You are like, great. And I said, so you have no idea. I was the kid in school that got never picked for any sport. <laughs> and it's like, I'm, I'm one of those. I'm the one that... It never gets picked, and it, that's actually great because in martial arts you don't you that that doesn't enter. It, it you just do it, hmm. um, and that thing of it being appropriate or not, it that I don't know. I just never thought like that. Yeah, and I, I there's got to be something like that. Whether it's the injury, I'm sure the injury is part of it. Uh, people don't understand that it's meant to protect you, so you shouldn't really get a lot. In, you're gonna get some bumps and bruises. That's just you're doing something that tells you you're actually being physical in life and that you build up from it though. You get stronger and you understand these things, but, uh, big injuries don't usually no. happen. In uh, fact, I think all my friends that do a lot of sports that run mm-hmm. or train in gyms that are more injured because I mean, everybody who runs gets chin splints, heel hurts, hips hurt, whatever else hurts. Mm-hmm. And you work in the gym, you throw out your back, you throw out your shoulders. It's it's just like, I don't know, this is... It, it's You don't get hurt like that with what we do. Or no. if you do, it heals just the same way as anything else heals. Mm-hmm. That's not a big deal. No, I think it's more... I don't know, it's something more psychological than anything. Yeah, and I gotta wonder, like... I, from what I understand, talking to people, like I, I go to these networking events, I talk to a lot of people and say, come on in. And I don't know how many years I've been doing it, like a decade I've been doing it. No one's ever came, came 
<laughs> and it's it's usually the same thing. Like the injury sometimes comes up. It, it's pretty rare that someone says that, but I do think that is on the mind. Like, oh, I'm gonna get hurt. No, but um, there's something psychological there that it's an embarrassment of like a potential embarrassment. Not embarrassing to go, but because I'll get emails that all kind of say the same thing when it's an adult. It's, do you have beginner classes separate from the, the people that know what they're doing? And do you have smaller classes for just me for right now until I get used to it? Or can I do private training until I feel confident to go into the class? Which they all center around feeling uncomfortable in this setting. And my response to them is always the same thing. Okay, if you want to do private, that it's more expensive. Uh, but... I really suggest just doing the class. Uh, you, you're gonna see uh, it's not what you think, and I—that's why I'm trying to figure out what what are people thinking it's gonna be. Because again, I was young when I did this, and I wanted it to be punching and kicking and competing and you know teeth flying across the room. Like that was interesting to me. It just didn't always happen. Like it, 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 I, you know, I was again, I was like 13, 14, and. So I was a little reckless at first, but it just wasn't that way. But, but I also think that, that a lot of people interpreted it as physically aggressive. And mm-hmm. I remember you were once teaching those Monday night free self-defense classes. And mm-hmm. you had a couple there. And, and we came in, I, I think we were brown belt at the time. And you asked me to put someone in a bear hug from behind, mm-hmm. a lady. And, and I knew she wasn't... Uh, training with us and so I said okay I have to kind of be a little gentle not like normal Mm. and she later told someone else wow that was like the toughest bear hug I ever and that was so hard and that was like so aggressive and I said oh oh, well (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so that that's a bit but I think part of that was never having been in that situation before where someone who doesn't know you grabs you from behind Mm -hmm. which is i think for a lot of females a highly uncomfortable position you just don't ever want to be in there not voluntarily Mm -hmm. um i do think that that's a bit different in europe i i I, and there are fewer differences as people that people think but but the the this whole physical thing that if some other person invades your personal space and touches you that that is weird I don't find that weird it's if it's someone I like that's fine if it's mm. someone I don't like I get very annoyed with it but I don't not every it, it, like in class if I grapple with someone that's to me that has no other connotation there's mm-hmm. no I just have to get rid of them somehow yeah. but there's no there's no second underlying thing in there. But, mm-hmm. but that's also because I was never traumatized as a kid with those yeah. things. So it's people have different experiences and that may feed into it. But I do think that there's a cultural difference. It's uh, That makes sense. Because uh, you do see that in other countries that it's... Now, I gotta want... I gotta... It'd be interesting to see statistics as far as, like, sexual assault and... Um, Harassment in other countries, if that is the same there as it is here. I'm sure. And if I'm sure that's not any different. I mean, really? that's me. That's me talking, hmm. of course, not knowing really what I'm saying. As far as like the the back, like I don't want to. 
Because, you know, from, let's say, like the 60s, that that time in the workplace, one, there wasn't as many women, but if a guy came up and, like, slapped you on the butt or something like that or called you sexy or, oh, you should wear the this instead of this, that was, hate to say it, normal at the time. It's not normal now. It's not supposed to be. Things change. But do, do you think it's different elsewhere? Maybe it's, since it's different elsewhere, it's not as much of a stigma to grapple with somebody of the opposite sex in, I don't know, Germany or Portugal, wherever, uh, compared to here, where it's can be such a stigma just being that close to somebody. It's a bit difficult because I haven't lived there for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, I left Germany in the mid-90s, really, so the, the climate may have changed quite dramatically. Um, I still grew up with this so casual sexism and mm-hmm. some of it could be really really irritating um and some of it uh, i don't know it's there's always these it's so difficult because this is not a topic that that is just black and white mm-hmm. and this is a bit the issue i think that we have here that everybody it, it's 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 a black and white issue and so in not to get onto the wrong side of the line you just keep six feet from everybody that way (laughs) you'll never be accused of sexual harassment and that's it's 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 a bit i don't know i find that difficult i i in germans tend to keep their germans are not very huggy people they they keep their distance, but we are pretty. People are rougher with each other in a mm. in a friendly kind of like like joking kind of way. Like mm. we will, I would punch my friends friendly, mm. and they would punch me, or we would grab each other in, in more like a joking kind of way. And uh, you would never do that here. Mm-hmm. And in Portugal, you don't do that either because that women just don't do that. But but it's a normal form of greeting that you that you kiss each other on both cheeks probably not right now (laughs) but but that's that's and for me that was very interesting how you kiss someone on the cheek which in germany is a very personal thing Mm -hmm. but you in portugal you do this with people that you've never met before Mm -hmm. and uh, and it doesn't mean anything and to me that was very interesting so so this whole there's so much cultural interpretation in this personal distance that mm-hmm. you need to respect that it gets very complicated if you move between cultures gotcha and that's what i've wondered if maybe that plays into why females in america don't do as much with martial arts and i don't i'm not saying they do more in other countries i don't know I, it always interests me that if maybe it's a cultural thing that women here don't do it as much versus Russia, like I, I've met uh, a good number of Russian women, and like one of them, even though it looked like a model, she was a construction worker. Like that was normal in her life where she grew up. It had nothing to do with her femininity or any of that stuff. Whereas here, if a female says they work construction for a career, you're thinking, oh, she's a big girl that can throw her weight around and you know cuss and you know wears jeans all day type you know that that's the image that you conjure up even though there's no reason for that image to come up it's just that's our culture that's our society 
So it, little things like that, like and that goes back to that mental side of me on the business side going, why are people not signing up? Why do my adults not sign up? Like I used to have quite a few adults. Why, in, you know, part of that was the hurricane wiped out all my adults, but why did they not come back? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why do I have this group of kids, but I not I don't have this group of kids? So to me, that's when I'm sitting up here on the computer, I'm thinking of these things, trying to go, how do I target the people I want to come in, which really is everybody, but at the same time, it'd be nice to have a kids class where I don't expect uh, three quarters of them to be watching the butterfly outside. (laughs) (laughs) I I want one of them to do that. That's okay, because I can change that kid, but I can't change three quarters of these kids staring outside the window and picking their nose and running around and not listening. If only one's doing it, we can correct that kid, but when they're all doing it, that's something different. It's... But you, they were always waves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when we started, you had a huge adult class, and mm-hmm. there were a good number of women in there as well. well. Not when we started, actually. But, but somewhere Short, pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It started filling up again, like there was, everybody was white belt. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And there was a lot of, of, of There was female. a good number yeah, of yeah. women exactly. in there. And, and in like their 30s, so mm-hmm. that's yeah. actually like... But then, of course, if you have people, men and women, at that age, there's a lot. They have a lot of stuff going on in their lives. Their their careers. That's usually when they have families and children, mm-hmm. and that it's just the day only has so many hours. Yeah. So that's so really you're looking at the people that are most likely to stick with it are people that either don't have families yet, or not anymore. Mm-hmm. Because they moved, they moved out. The kids are old enough that they take care of themselves, and then then they can do something else in the evening. And then it's a bit. That that is for us. That was easier because we both leave the house. But it's this is actually sometimes hard if you work all day and you're totally exhausted, mm-hmm. and your spouse sits there with a glass of wine and you're supposed to go and. <laughs> get punched in the face i think <laughs> then it's sort of now what do i want now <laughs> for us that's much easier because we do it together and mm-hmm. and 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 sometimes one of us doesn't really feel like going and the other one just drags you along and then you just i'm glad you went mm-hmm. and that that's that's just hard i think it's the, the life the life interferes with a lot of things there yeah, and especially around here, it's so different in Wilmington than it is where I grew up. Like, just the mindset. Like back home, you work nine to five. Like everybody was done at five. Everyone went into work nine, sometimes eight, seven, six, but still worked to five or six. Here, I can go out because I I usually teach in the evenings and I have clients in the morning, so I usually have my afternoons off. I'll be out at three o'clock, and it's like rush hour. Everyone's going somewhere like why are these people not working that's what paul was saying no wonder this place is in the state nobody's working (laughs) it's crazy it's everyone you know and again back home we had numerous big places that everyone worked at the meat packing plant or they worked over here at this place or that place Mm -hmm. here you got like ge ppd corning Anything else, you make your own business or it's service industry. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot of entrepreneurs and yes. business owners, which is why this pandemic is so devastating. Yes. I, that, I'm worried for everybody. Like, yeah. I've always got a backup plan somehow. I 
don't know how, but I find ways through. But I'm I've talked to other martial arts schools, and I they're, they're all on the line. I don't know a single one that says, "Oh, I'll make it through okay." And it's not just martial arts schools. Mm-hmm. There are just a lot of places. I all the fitness, yeah, I all just everything. Yeah, downtown areas. I know they got a different reward, not relief packages for downtown. They've gotten some of them some relief, but uh, I got nothing. I don't. I know one person that got one, like maybe ten k to get through however many months of being closed. I it's it's shocking to me. And there's I, everyone I've talked to said like all the loans and all that that I've talked to they're like no you're not gonna get anything because of this right here and to me it was because of I didn't take an income last year for 2019 and I did my taxes early if I would have done my 2018 taxes I probably would have gotten every one of those loans but this is all messed up it's, now it's we can have a lot so of political discussion. Ugh. <laughs> It, I don't even get why it's a political thing either. It, it's so frustrating. It's just, it's a, well, what are you going to, it's a virus, but. I think it has <laughs> to do with being prepared for a it disaster. Is. And we were so unprepared, even though we yes. were prepared at a moment, and then we took it away but, and I. I but it's, it's also, you can cut this out, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's a bit of the issue with being prepared and having a plan for an emergency. And there's uh, pandemics there was going to be a pandemic sooner or later. Mm-hmm. They're predictable. Yep. <clears throat> so you should have a good plan, but whatever you do requires money. Mm-hmm. Where does the state get money from? <laughs> if you don't pay taxes, there is no money for those things. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why this is such a political issue here, no. which is why I, I suggest you edit this out because I don't want to irritate <laughs> anybody. But in, in, and I mean, we're here because we want to be here. Like, I'm going to say something that's going to be really irritating because, well, if things are so much better in Europe, why are we here? <clears throat> but in Germany, the, the government that's in power, that has been in power, the Merkel government that has been in power for decades, it's a conservative, the conservative party. No one would argue in Germany over how uh, that, that taxes are useful. Mm. I mean, they also argue that there's uh, these people pay, we pay too much or we pay too little. But in, in general, nobody argues over over the usefulness of taxes. But the ups, the other side of that is that people feel that they're getting something for those taxes, that the government is essentially functional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think here, and, and I, to me, that's actually, that has nothing to do with party politics because that is not a, such a recent thing. P- people feel that they keep paying taxes, but they don't really, when some shit like this happens now, they're not, you're left alone. You're left standing in the rain. Nobody cares about you. Mm-hmm. And that th- that is a very... Germany and north of Germany, I think the no- northern European countries have. It's, a, it's more a philosophical way of looking at life that we are. Everybody feels responsible for everybody else. So, 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 people think that the 
people that are that own small businesses are important and therefore people it's okay to pay taxes to help these people mm-hmm. and they're making it a bit like more flowery and more fluffy mm-hmm. than it really is it's not that there are no discussions of these things yeah. but in general it's, it's more functional people get something for their money and that I think we've lost here and that's a bit that's a shame because it, it's it's a it's a vicious circle I mean mm-hmm. if you take the, like such a high percentage of people out of the workforce then the whole thing is going to collapse mm-hmm. you get even fewer taxes nobody pays anything and, and like what is this town if like 20 or 30 percent of the population has no income yeah it, it, it's frustrating and as a small business owner I, I'm learning a lot because when I first opened up the studio I had no clue about business I one of the first things financially I bought when I uh, set up the studio well two things one I bought a couch because I just assumed I was gonna lose my house it was that's where I was at I'm like because I opened it up in the middle of the recession <laughs> brilliant idea but uh, <laughs> So I opened it up, bought a couch off of Craigslist for 50 bucks, found out it was my neighbor selling it, and I had no idea. And he's like, oh, it's you. Like, I'll, I'll take it over there for you and all that stuff. But So I bought that, and then I bought uh, a couple books on uh, business because I'm like, I need to know how to pay my taxes and how all this, because I had no clue. And I was calling up lawyers and uh, uh, the city of Wilmington. I'm like, what do I do? And I'm trying to do it all right. And what I found was... Uh, I was talking to the city of Wilmington. I'd gone down there just to try and clar- clarify some stuff. And I'm like, uh, so I need to put a sign here and this, this. And like, oh, sign? Uh, you'll need a sign license. I'm like, really? I need a, a license to put up a sign? Yeah, go to like floor three, room, whatever. I'm like, all right, get up there. And I go in. I'm like, so a lady downstairs said I need to get a, a license to put up a sign for my business. And the guy looked at me and he's like, really? <laughs> And I'm like, uh, yeah, I think so. And he calls for this other guy to come in, the only other guy there. He's like, Joe, did this guy need to get a license to put up a sign? And the guy's like, huh. <laughs> and they look it up like, well, I'll be damned. Yeah, $50, please. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? If I didn't come up here, what was going to happen? I'm guessing nothing. <laughs> but I did it right. And with all of that, I couldn't put up a goddamn sign because it wasn't legal. It wasn't 15 feet back in that place that I was at. You have to be 15 feet back. And this was grandfathered in. The sign, the other signs that were there that I thought I could put one up there, they said, no, you can't legally put one there. So I didn't even get a sign to, to put up there. It has to be 15 feet back from the road? Yeah. And this was grandfathered in after the buildings were like three feet from the road. So... In order to put a sign 15 feet back from the road, they'd have to knock down a building. And they couldn't do that, so I couldn't put up any signs. I could use the ones that are already up there, which I don't know if you remember, but I, it had one little tiny thing that was, I think it was one foot height by like three feet wide. And it was up in a mixture of other things that you can't see unless you're directly under the sign. And it cost me 200 bucks to put it up, put that up there. 
and then the fifty dollars that I blew on this. <laughs> I don't think this was a good deal. Uh, it, it, but that was that's the point is I I went through all this stuff. I had to get a business license. I get a sales permit. I had to get this and I every uh, at the time LLC and it's just one thing after another. And then luckily John, one of my black belts, within a, uh, a CPA, and I started working with him. The other guys kind of fumbled it up a little bit. They kept putting that I was married. I'm like I'm not married like. Who told you this? <laughs> so I had to keep looking over all of my taxes anyway. I'm like, I'm doing this all by myself anyway. It was, it was frustrating. But So I pay, and I, I calculated this because I also have some mutual funds, retirement, like IRAs and all this stuff. And I went through and I, I tracked $1. From the time I received that dollar um, in the field of, the, the universe, this dollar came to me, which before it, I don't actually get a dollar. I have to, you know, you get a portion of that dollar. So you get a portion of this dollar that comes in because I got to throw the taxes onto it immediately. And so I get, let's say, 90 cents. Um, and then from that 90 cents, I put it into uh, my mutual fund. And to put it in there, I have to pay tax on that. And then it sits in there and it'll collect dividend. And then I got to pay on the dividend. And then when I take it out, I got to pay to take it out. And then to spend it, everything has sales tax. Mm -hmm. I got charged, I watched it get charged at least four times on the same dollar a tax. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, but the problem is you don't ever see any benefit to doing no. it. No. So that's the problem for mm -hmm. me. It's not so much that if you would were to lose like 50 cents on that dollar in taxes and then get health insurance or something they, exactly with health or something <laughs> which I, think, I still don't have and that's that to me is where where it's where it's wrong mm -hmm. that's wrong mm -hmm. that's what the state should be there for and and then that that's in my opinion yeah and that's the thing I, it's just I'm watching money go out the door for nothing. For nothing. And I get nothing back. I'm getting no relief from anything. I get no tax credits on anything. That I was told from the CARES Act that, uh, through my financial advisor, that I can take money out of my retirement and not get taxed as much as if I did it a year ago. That, that's my benefit, is that I can take my money back for and not have to pay the government as much. Yeah, and again, I wouldn't care if I got health insurance from it or a road that doesn't have a damn dip out in front of my house. Like there, there's, there's just stupid things that it could be going to, or and it doesn't. Employment benefit for some time. The, the, mm -hmm. And it's, it's just it's that small business. It, I'm learning that our country does not like small businesses. They say they do, mm -hmm. they don't, because I get taxed more than a big corporation. Like ten times more. Yeah, that's to me that's not fair, no. and it's true because there are all kinds of tax loopholes that mm -hmm. the big guys can use that the small guys cannot. I don't think that's fair. Yeah, and it makes it tough because I know all of my my friends in the the martial arts industry they're doing the same thing, and that's why they're frustrated with uh, government in general. Yeah, and it's understandable. Actually, yeah, and, and that is really it. And that to me that's not a partisan issue that's this that's a mess mistake there's mistakes yeah. being made but they're not being addressed and yeah. uh because of that like and you had mentioned uh i think your nephew and i, I talked to him i haven't we haven't gotten set up or anything i haven't heard back from him but uh you had mentioned in germany that um they don't charge the same for martial arts well because 
but that's a very German thing. So the 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 every town has like a public facility. It's uh, the, the the closest thing here is maybe the Y, mm -hmm. but in Germany they are more. It's more institutionalized, like everything. <laughs> so there's usually they have a track field and like a clubhouse. It's it's they are every little town has its soccer club and whatever and that's a big part of people's lives mm -hmm. and and they you can have the space and rent it for a nominal fee so the guy that actually teaches the class that my nephew was uh, teaching the karate he's the local he has a car dealership he fixes everybody's cars uh, he, so he does that on the side but he basically pays no rent so he gets to use a fully equipped room that he doesn't have to maintain so he can charge whatever twenty dollars a, hmm. a month because that's basically he's getting all of those twenty dollars yeah. he doesn't have to reinvest anything and that's that's the difference yeah um that'd be nice like like right now not only because uh one the place that i'm in is it's one of the cheapest in town, but at the same time, the price is going up, and every place place house is just insanely expensive. Yeah, the rent is just crazy. It, yeah. Everything I have about twenty four hundred square foot building, and anywhere else in town for that same square footage is at least four grand a month, if not six to eight grand a month, depending on if it's a major road. So I'm paying when I first got in there, I was paying two thousand. And literally, the, the next strip mall over, I went there first, and they wanted over four grand for the exact same size and layout. And then I came to the one I'm in, and it was half the price. I'm like, are you, really? Is there, like, uh, cams on top of it? Like, no, it's, it's, it's everything. Like, you're kidding. So, I'm like, it sold. Perfect. You know, I, I obviously, I, the, the location, the area itself is not the greatest, but, you know, everything's being built up around it to try and get it up there but of course we got new landlords and they think they know that it's underpriced and so now they're jacking up the price and you know they're, they're increasing it and with this pandemic i i'm trying i i'm like can you do something and the first response is no we got bills to pay and i'm like oh jeez and i'm like i'm gonna give you half I'm, i can't afford if you want me as a tenant still because I could leave tomorrow if I went to 30 days from now. I could, I, I think I, saw, I found a loophole in my, uh, not necessarily a loophole, but I think if I read it right, I can leave. But I just got to get a 30, 30 days notice. But um, So I'm looking for other places, but everything's still four grand and up. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Everywhere I, I go. I wonder how this is going to go. Because it is true. It's true that, that they also have to make a living. But that's another thing where taxpayer money could help mm -hmm. because if it has to feed in at some point that mm -hmm. you break that chain um, but but if if you're not paying and you're leaving they are not going to find anybody to rent that place anytime soon so it's a yep. bit I don't think they understand that I think the guy's pretty new to this because I, I know this from all the books I've been reading on business it costs a lot more to get a new tenant than it does to maintain a tenant for a little bit less money every month. Mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't seem to understand that, but that it's just it's frustrating to me that everyone 
everywhere says small business. That's that's the American way, and then they just pile on the expenses and give you nothing when something goes wrong. And it's just it's mind blowing to me. It's not really what they want. It's a bit. It's a bit that that myth that you if ha- you have the small business with the goal that you're never going to stay small. You're going to eventually grow into this big corporation and mm-hmm. be the next whatever <laughs> Jeff Bezos or whatever. And that is just not going to happen. No. And that's also actually not what drives a place. It is really the small business. But, yep. But. Uh, it's frustrating because because of that I have to raise my prices when I get back open. And I don't want to do that because I know that's going to eliminate some really good students. And it's frustrating to me. So I'm not increasing on anybody. I've never increased on people that um, are active. If they're active, I don't think I've ever increased the price on anybody. Um, it's new people coming in. Those are the ones that I, I, I increase. Or I think I gave an, an option a while back when I changed like the plan, the way it was set up. Um, but... It, it, it's frustrating that I, I'm going to have to start charging, to me, unreasonable amounts for training to compare it to what it was. Like, I still think it's worth a lot more, but people don't see that right off the bat. Until you train consistently, you don't see how the worth is. Uh, and to, to try and sell that makes it even harder then. And it's just, it's it's frustrating to, to maintain yeah. a martial arts studio. And I've... When I first moved out here, my instructor, we had talked about this because he's like, you got to know like the business side of this. And so he was trying to show me you know, how they kept track of things and get me educated on how to deal with the money side of it. And uh, he's, he's basically said, don't plan on making money. <laughs> plan on just not losing money and having another business that feeds into this. Because if you work really hard on training your students and giving them the best experience you won't make money off of that and the the people that are willing to pay for a lot more aren't gonna they're gonna take it then take advantage but they're not gonna appreciate it the same way in a there's a there's a whole string of thought behind that but um there's also the opposite side if you raise the price they think the the quality's higher which it's not necessarily the case so it's it's difficult. I don't want to charge anything. I, you know, ten bucks a month. If I paid all my bills and got to go on a vacation every now and then, I would do it because I just don't care enough about being rich about things. I just I want to go teach yeah, and I want a full want studio. Yeah, and you want to be. And since you're not printing your own money, it, yeah. ha- it has to kind of support itself. Mm-hmm. But did he have any suggestion of what business would feed into this? Well, he was law enforcement, and he had talked to me about getting into that before. He's like, you fit right in. Because <laughs> uh, we trained. That was mm-hmm. primarily who we taught was the law enforcement back home. Um, but, you know, that, that was about it. And at the time, I had a decent job, and I used that job to pay the bills mm-hmm. for this, for my studio, and for the house, everything. Um, and then even had some left over to save and build off of. But and I, and I enjoyed it and everything, but of course the you know, recession took that job away. But uh, it was just any job, like use it as a mm-hmm. two, three nights a week type of thing, something in the evenings and build yes. up from there. But uh, I just I wanted more than that. I, I, I and that's where the after school. And I thought, well, after school, 
that's recession proof. Everybody goes to school. <laughs> Not anymore. Everyone's homeschooled now. <laughs> but I think that's coming back. It's just yeah. that I think it's going to change. It's, it's, but just still, some of these parents will have lost their jobs, and mm-hmm. then it's, it's that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's frustrating, but um, let's finish up with uh, two two questions here because I know we're going long, but. Um, I want to know from both of you what was the biggest surprise of throughout all of your martial arts that you're like oh I didn't expect this like this is great and at the same time uh, what was the, the the most difficult like oh man that was the hardest point of my martial arts career those are the two questions we'll finish with It could be anything. It could be a reward. Uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be like, you know, awe-inspiring. But like that made all this worth it, or whatever it may be. Or man, I didn't expect that to be so much fun. <laughs> it's all terrible. Is that no, what it no, comes no, down? No, no, no. <laughs> no, it's actually. It's hard to single out the single thing, because this is much more part of our lives than I ever thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, there are, it's not every test, but, but a lot of the Hapkido tests after the, the, the actual test, though I, I already said that I, I'm very nervous going in, but I am so stoked that I'm I'm riding on this way for like two days. I'm like, <laughs> and that is like, there's, it's in my job, occasionally I get very excited about something, but this is a totally different area. And that I find, I never expected that. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the black belt test was sort of a culmination of that. But um, it's just something, it's quite often that if things flow well, I'm surprised. I'm just surprised because you, you, I haven't, didn't expect it. But, but it's really the, the whole thing. It's just I cannot right now. I cannot imagine not doing it. Mm-hmm. I can imagine maybe not doing it every single night of my life. <laughs> but, 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 but I cannot imagine not doing it. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Um, let's see. There are a couple of things, so there's not, I can't single out one, but, um, but I was surprised that I was able to do what I'm able to do now. Mm-hmm. And like, that my body can actually get trained to do this. <laughs> I was very surprised. Like, uh, rolling and things like that and being thrown and falling on the ground and not being hurt. I didn't think that it's not that when I looked at it and I said I can never do it um but I'm still surprised it, it, it surprises me that that I could adapt especially because I didn't start it that is very young I don't know I was like 45 or something like that no you were older older 46 <laughs> 47 <laughs> something like that yeah 49 49 I oh, see <laughs> 
and uh, and and so it's and that was a very pleasant surprise the other thing that i find is that i'm a lot more confident um i'm not very worried about like going in like if if i go to I, i'm always kind of i've always been kind of aware of the surroundings mm-hmm. but uh, now if i'm in a kind of i'm not very worried about I, I think i know how to get out of shadier situations it may i just have a different attitude it's not that i'm gonna make it any easier to <laughs> get into bad situations i won't but I have a different attitude. I ha- I'm much more self-confident. Mm-hmm. And even like with people, there's a lot of people that are, uh, I was never attacked, but I can see some people use like their, their, because I'm small and they tend to kind of, so most people are bigger than me. And a lot of people use their body language as some kind of intimidation. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a bit intimidating. <laughs> Like, I don't care, you can scream at me, I'll just wait until you get over that fit. Um, and so that, I think, was those are good things. Mm-hmm. And actually, I mean, I actually didn't mention that, but I think that is true too for you. Like, yeah, you that actually is nothing that I have noticed myself, but people have told me that. That, that I, it, it's interesting. It's not only so much that you think that if you're in a bad situation, that you can get out. It's also that you look at someone and you know when it's good not to get into a confrontation because it's not <laughs> going to be good. So, so I think it's this this a certain body awareness that you have, um, but it does make you more confident in a physical sense. That for women, I think is just fantastic, and it's not it's not that that I walk around and think, oh, I'm great, just yeah, give it to me, I'm going to do it. That's not it, but it it must radiate because people, a couple of people have told me this. And um, so I yeah. think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the worst thing, there was a point when, when I think Paolo got hurt a couple of times, <clears throat> excuse me, when he kind of fell on his neck. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe we cannot do this or shouldn't do this anymore. Maybe the risk is too high. The interesting thing is that we have a physical therapist and a chiropractor who thinks that this is pretty cool what we're doing and they're all for it. <laughs> and our physical <laughs> therapist told us on various occasions, okay, this is, you do this and you ice this and you do these things and then you go back to, to doing it. <laughs> Don't stop doing this. You can do it. It's not, and that I think is very, so you put it in perspective, but mm-hmm. that was a bit, that was a bit scary because yeah. that's, we both thought yeah. we weren't sure whether this was doable, but yeah. it was. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say the same. That for me was the hardest part mm-hmm. when I took the hit and I fell on my neck on my head kind of to the side and uh, it's not so much that I thought this was a mistake then Mm -hmm. but um, I wasn't sure if I was going to come out of it and uh, it did take me years 
to get my confidence back. Mm-hmm. I think I'm fine now, but uh, I was a blue belt then, and I was feeling actually very good about it. And uh, it, it was years until I felt as confident, inspiring as I was feeling then. So that really took a mm-hmm. a toll on me, and, and that was hard. I mean, it was a good thing that we continued. I'm yeah, no, happy I'm also we glad did. we did. But um, but that was a difficult moment. I, it's for, for for one, I couldn't. I mean, for a while, I had to stop coming because mm-hmm. I had to recover. But but I was in a really in a big mess, and uh, and I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. I didn't feel angry as I told you then. It's just like I was more sad that I if I couldn't continue. Mm-hmm. But I, it was very difficult to for me to especially sparring after that. It it was it was hard. It it was years until I only I think when I started getting into the the last belt, the black and white, I was more or less fixed by then. Mm-hmm. But until the all the other belts, I I was never as confident as I was when I was in the blue belt. Yeah, that happens a lot. You, you get an injury or even just sparring somebody that you feel like you're you're doing well, and then you spar somebody that just has no problems taking you apart and you're like oh geez i'm not as good as i thought there, there's always those peaks and valleys in there and i try and explain to students that they're going to happen if they don't you're not learning something and you gotta just keep moving forward it's a little different when it's an injury because then you, you do think can i keep going and mm-hmm. be paralyzed if i you know something goes wrong uh but you learn from it you protect it and you find ways to avoid you know, having the same issue, you learn from whatever that issue is. Um, you know, I, I've had the same thing, not to that level, but, you know, I'm, you know tearing my hamstring taught me not to stretch for two hours getting ready for a competition. It was just too much. I, I stretched way too much, and there it went. Man, so I now I, I from that, notice we do just brief warm-ups at the beginning. I used to do a big warm-up and a lot of stretching. And then over time, that started happening. And I went back and relearned. And that's when I, it was right around the time, uh, shortly after, actually, that I, I got certified as personal trainer and learned that that was what I was doing was just stupid. You, you got to do a very brief warm-up and stretch, uh, light stretches, then do your you know, your exercise or your sparring, whatever. And the stretches. And then the long stretches and stuff should be for the cool down and to finish and then go rest and I just I didn't know that you know it just it was it was so different it was a lot of trial and error when Mm -hmm. I was going through it and it still to an extent is I still make a lot of changes you've seen the program change Uh, you have to evolve and I don't think enough people do I think too many people just do what they were told when they went through it and pass it along and I'm completely against that I you know it was, uh, I had an instructor, one of my drafting instructors in high school, actually. Um, I had him for like three years for a different drafting architectural uh, something class every year. And in one of the, the drafting classes, uh, we were all still fairly new. We could draw some squares on the AutoCAD. And, but he would go in there and just make anything in 3D and draw it up, print it out, do all the stuff. And the first day of class, he's like, at the end of the school year, you're going to be better than me at this program. And, of course, everyone laughed. Like, 
that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. How are you supposed to be better than your your instructor that's teaching you? Like, that's not possible. And at the end of the year, we all knew more about the program than he did because he forced us to try <laughs> new things and try this, find another way to do this that I don't know about. And I, I've always took that to heart and said the same thing. I want everyone to be better at their first degree black belt than I was. And everyone to be a better second degree than I was and a better third and fourth. And you should be better every step of the way than I was. Even at white belt, I want you better somehow than I was at white belt. I had physical talent, but I relied too much on that for a lot of stuff early on. I didn't learn the technique as well as I know it now, which is what I teach you. And I want you to keep refining it, teach it to the next group. So you, you move on, you learn, you, you find those peaks and those valleys, and uh, you try and make them a little less steep for the next person coming through. That's all you can really do. It's been a journey. Mm-hmm. A good one. Yeah, very good. I think everybody should but go through it. But it's kind of neat. You, you kind of think that, that you do these things when you're like in your 20s, like the life-changing things. They don't usually don't happen to teenagers or maybe well, didn't mm. happen to me as a teenager. But th that is a great lesson. Now it can happen at any time in your life. Mm. And, and that doesn't, has, a, has nothing to do with not aging. I'm perfectly well aware of the fact that I'm aging and I've, it's great actually actually it's not bad at all mm. especially because you can still do something com completely new whatever when you're 60 yeah and uh, that this kind of that that realization having felt this and having gone through this i think that's really great mm -hmm. that's like everybody needs to do it yeah. Tell everybody you know. <laughs> Try, but, like, but I, I think yeah, I think to me Yuri, the difficult, most difficult thing is a cultural thing. Is people I think like now, now at my age, one doesn't do that those things. Mm -hmm. So and and the the kids is a bit difficult because they have so much going on, like college kids, and then they only they are here for four years. And then, uh, mm -hmm. if they don't find you on day one, there's sometimes it's it's too late. Yep. So it, it is difficult. So I mean, in principle, you'd be better off with adults because they're already here. They they tend to move less. Um, but there's that barrier that people think that this is just not done. Mm -hmm. Like, well, what's the? Uh, I've read this in a book somewhere that, like. 80% of what you learn in life happens before you're the age of like six. Like 80% of what you know, you learn before the age of six. And that is wrong. <laughs> you need to keep learning. And yes, it's like that reminds me, remember the Bob Fisk limit? Oh yeah, Bob Fisk. <laughs> this is not related to martial arts, but this was, this was a colleague back in, when I met Paolo, when we were both in, at, in graduate school, school at, at UVA. And we had this this room where all the graduate students hung out, and there was this guy who had just gotten married, and he was talking to his whatever friend, explaining to him that he had just lectured this friend of theirs who had trouble finding a girlfriend, because the guy was older than twenty six, and he told him, "Listen, this is pretty simple. If." you're older than 26 just get used to the fact you are never going to find a partner that's going <laughs> to stick with you it's just life and 
the problem was no we weren't 26 then but no. this has in our life that is like the bob sisk limit that's it <laughs> exactly. you're 26 you're doomed sorry <laughs> great yes <laughs> sorry dan <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of... Seems true, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's another cultural thing. That is true, though. That is... I I think that's probably Wilmington even more than other places, but I think that's a very cultural thing. (laughs) I noticed this, because, I mean, we have graduate students, too, and it's hard to meet people here. It's hard. It is. You can cut that part out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just like... It's a tough town. Everybody's temporary around here. They come, they go to school, or they came here to retire, or they grew up here, then they moved to go to a different school. It's it's tough. Everybody I meet is here for a moment and yeah. gone. And so it makes it tough for the business and social life, whatever it is. It's And why I, I keep wanting to hand the school over, still own it, but have somebody else in charge of it, and then go somewhere else i'll still like i like my house and the the area so i'm gonna keep the house but i want to go somewhere else even if it's just Mm. living on a couch and then driving back here starting up just as i feel like it's got to be different somewhere else i know it was different where i grew up it was just a completely different mindset it seemed easier to get people in and to 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 stay in here it's it's very different very difficult but maybe it's just the time i don't know maybe it's not the place who knows? <laughs> I think the time has a lot to do with it. The times. I I still I don't know. I mean, I. It would be very nice if we could find if you could find a way to hook your operation up to something else. Like, I mean, that whole idea of law enforcement, I think, is a good idea. I just don't know whether Wilmington PD is the place, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I've tried that fire department and sheriff's office, yeah. but yeah, it's it's always the same thing. Oh, we don't need it. Well, you know the stuff. We already took yeah. the course. <laughs> yeah, for a week. <laughs> I know the course they took. I helped teach those courses. It's 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 for a week, and it, they're supposed to go back and do it on a regular basis. They there's ways around it and. They, they don't it, it's scary what some of the law enforcement don't know there, there's that, reasons this I don't understand and yeah. it's like this I don't get needs to be no. ongoing it's just it, even just the mindset of how to deal with uh, aggression and escalation they need to know that that's why I have this, this but I obviously also know I'm not succeeding because there's a lot of that happening at UNCW mm-hmm. and there's there's this whole awareness thing and they teach that class and I know the lady who does it and she's great you would get along with her like great mm-hmm. she's great and our whole UNCW police department is just a great they're really great there's a good organization and the, the our chief is just a great guy and I'm not sure whether they themselves they would they're probably also plenty of people that think they already know it they don't mm-hmm. need it but they are, I know that there are a lot of people interested in it already, and if one could hook that up to this whole student awareness thing, mm-hmm. that would be great. But someone would just need to Do be something. willing to sit down <laughs> long enough to listen, and one would have to go in with the plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what makes it tough. 
everyone puts it on somebody else. I, I found that with the school systems, trying to get something in there, talk to a teacher, they say talk to the principal, principal says talk to the <laughs> superintendent, and then the school board, and the school board says, oh, Changing no, you can't knock that. Oh, like... Jesus. You can't change it. It's like, i got to beat the change into them, and even then, so resistant. Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, you would think academia would be yeah. the place of change. They want their change within this little realm. No, we did the same thing for 30 years. Why should we do it different now? It's worked yeah. so well. Uh-huh. So. All right. I think we got everything. If not, we'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is it.